1: That is the Advertising Show being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com. The Advertising Show, a big radio Midgets production. And uh, for two hours, well, we think it's well worth the stay here. We've got Pam Talbot out of Chicago, who is president and is CEO for Edelman U.S., a division of Edelman Worldwide. We've got uh, with us Patrick Meyer, Joe Jeffrey, Jeffrey Gittimer, Andy Borowitz, and uh, I just Brad a little bit later on this hour. We've got uh, uh, not good advertising, but uh, bad advertising this week. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Very good. So how are you doing? Doing great. Good. good. Lots of stuff going on. The Olympics going on. The uh, audience for the Winter Olympic Games, uh, less than Olympian, according to USA Today. And I think we knew that. mm mm-hmm. um, very interesting, too. The NBC coverage of the Winter Olympic Games generating so-so ratings uh, amid some strong competition from the other networks. As a matter of fact, there was one that actually beat the living daylights out of the Olympics. What was it? it was American, Idol. American Idol. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, how Very interesting.
2: Well, not only the uh, Idol is doing great against them, but uh, who else was it? Um, i trying to think. I've got that piece somewhere. Bob Vila's read.
1: classic This Old House <laughs> Issues. Well, not to not to be mistaken for uh, let's see, uh, Norm's uh, toolbox. Yeah,
2: it's interesting because you know (laughs) I've been watching the a little bit of the Olympics and I've decided that uh, there's a uh, what they call a long track uh, in the speed skating, speed skating. Yeah, there's there's a long track. I don't know the exact uh, distance. It's like five thousand meters or something like that. Okay, these guys when they start off on that race, I don't know if you've seen it, Ray. They they look like they're trying to decide who can go the slowest for the first lap. Oh, really? It's, it's kind of like, no, you go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. And I've decided that if I could just you know, enter that one first lap on that race, I think I could get a gold medal. You could medal.
1: do it? Okay, good. I think
2: I, have you seen that? It's really peculiar because you see these guys coming yeah. out of the box on all the other races, and it's like they're, they're fast. Go- oh, yeah. And then in this case, you think that they're just kind of casually one foot in front of the other. It's really strange. If you You're going
1: to be actually, you've been invited to the Senior Olympics.
2: Well, thank you. And, and, you know, there's a reason why you're wearing the uh, full bodysuit Lycra uh, skin-tight uh, Olympic Depends. logo. yes, exactly. Okay, yeah. Yeah, right. uh, they're very nice. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, hey, did that's you hear about, uh, I guess it's old news by now as far as, of course, Cheney and his I'm sorry deal on Fox News. Oh, uh, but, but we're
1: not letting it go because Andy Borowitz is going to talk about that in well, hour two.
2: Pre- you predicted that uh, Andy would have something along those lines mm-hmm. this week, Every last day week, uh, this week. Yeah. Well, guess what? uh Brett Hume which is the one that got all the uh, accolade on on being able to get the Cheney interview 2.1 million total viewers uh, ahead of uh, Fox News the O'Reilly factor for that particular night mm-hmm. it was also the most watched cable news show of the day so uh, uh Cheney uh did very well in getting that uh, getting that interview I don't know how he ended up with it. he must be uh you know Special, special friend of the of the White
1: House. I, I suppose. suppose so. Was that was that on the Outdoor Life Channel, Fox,
2: <laughs> Fox News Channel? But did you catch did you catch Letterman's by Remington? Did you did you catch Letterman's top ten excuses for uh, Cheney shooting his friend? Yes. One of them was uh, I remember it as it was yesterday because I only caught a, a snippet of it. But uh, one of the uh, top ten was that uh, Cheney thought the. Uh, his friend was going gay cowboy on him, <laughs> uh, which I thought was pretty
1: clever. Poor Dick Cheney. Yeah. But they don't go hunting soon again. Well, if they do, he'll probably be wearing a vest. Yeah. And he'll have his friend right by his side, hmm. and hopefully he'll miss. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Anyway, Pam Talbot is with us out of Chicago, the, the yeah. only place in that is colder than the city of Houston uh, this weekend. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I said, Pam, it's cold here in Houston. She goes, Yeah, it's colder in Chicago. Yeah, so it's, it's incredible. Should
2: should be a great interview with uh, Pam. I got to tell you, we don't we don't address uh, PR often enough, I suppose. And. Uh, Talk about a, a, a great person to have on the show, President and Chief Executive Officer of USET, as you said earlier, of uh, Edelman uh, US. Mm-hmm. We're hoping to get her the position as uh, Chief Executive Officer of Edelman worldwide before the end of the show.
1: We, we can, can make that happen that. for her right now. I during think we the show. can.
2: She was sensitive about wanting to make sure that people distinguished her from uh, the Worldwide CEO, but hopefully mm. by the end of the show we'll have everybody confused and she'll be not only the CEO of Worldwide Edelman, the,
1: but she'll owner. be
2: uh, yeah. selling the private company to uh, Omnicom. Oh, okay. Good. Very it's good. She's one of the few private, uh, privately held PR firms that are still around that are <laughs> so we, darn. What do we get out of
1: the sale? 15%? Is that what we I'll, get? I'll, I'll,
2: I think 15 is our number
1: now. That's a good number. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's uh, let's pull up, uh, let's see, who are we doing this hour? Uh, Patrick Meyer on the advertising show with Ray Shellen's. And Brad Forsyth.
3: Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer.
4: Today I'm going to talk to you about the long tail in marketing. A number of months back, there was an article in Wired Magazine that shook up a lot of people in the business and tech world. But it had implications for marketing as well. Very simple idea. that The consumer wants broader spectrum of content. They're willing to pay for it. They love to dive into it and explore it. A test was done where they took a tighter collection of movies and videos versus a broader collection. They thought that bulk of the volume would be focused on those popular ones. In actuality, the consumer loved to explore older ones, independent films, foreign films, but what it taught everybody was that the long tail, the broader collection, intrigues the consumer. Here's the headline for you as a marketer. The consumer doesn't want four commercials a year from you and a website they want maximum content that's intriguing and fun and enlightening that they can climb into so give them a long tail for your brand to do so you need to think about your assets past present and future and serve them up in a way that they can embrace on their lifestyle technology what do you have now assets you've just done a new ad campaign what's on the cutting room floor that they would love to climb into once again give them that part of the tail things going forward design assets shoot commercials create marketing film events interviews from your celebrities etc create things for them to climb into and lastly serve up your assets in a new age way digital animated have you seen fox and what they've done with football and sports they've brought a whole new array of video techniques do that with your content create a whole new array of content going forward now you have a dynamic tale the consumer to climb into. I'm Patrick Meyer, and remember, the marketing revolution is now.
3: You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing.
1: It's uh, Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on The Advertising Show with our special guest in just a, oh, just a few minutes from now. Pam Talbot, President and Chief Operating Officer of Edelman U.S., a division of Edelman Worldwide. And as we mm-hmm. said before, soon to be the owner of the company. <laughs> yeah. So that will be great. And uh, wow. good stuff from Patrick Meyer as well. Uh, a little bit later on this hour, speaking engagements. How many people... In business, have the capability of going in front of a group and benefiting their business, showing their expertise. Uh, so that's what Jeffrey's going to talk about uh, a mm-hmm. little bit later on. Uh, this well,
2: you hour. had a you had a uh, advice for people when uh, giving speaking engagements to visualize everyone in the nude. You always recommend
1: no, their underwear. Oh, in their underwear, their underwear, same thing, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> But I always ask go for the, there.
2: I always ask for the female uh, attendees to come to the front right before I do that. I
1: see. <laughs> Abandoned Boston. This <laughs> Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth, and we'll be back with Pam Talbot in uh, just a moment on the advertising show.
0: You're listening to the Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth.
5: Oh, Mom, look, Mom, no cavities.
6: Oh, Debbie, really? Then it says no new cavities. Collie, what a difference that Crest toothpaste is made.
3: Yes, Crest is the toothpaste that works. Because Crest is the toothpaste with florist.
1: Teeth care certainly has come a long way since. Look, Mom, no cavities. Hasn't it? Mm-hmm. And no incredible th- some of the things that happen. Now they have white strips. Uh, we have T- Pam Talbot, who is president and chief operating officer of Edelman USA, a division of Edelman Worldwide, in addition to being the U.S. President and the CEO, Pam is also the manager of Edelman's Worldwide Convergence Marketing Team. Well, there's the promotion right there. With Mm -hmm. special expertise in consumer product marketing, Pam has led the company's work for Microsoft, Kraft Foods, KFC, the NutraSweet Company, and many, many more. And uh, we'd like to say welcome, Pam, to the advertising show. It's great to have you here from Chicago.
6: It's great to be here.
2: Yeah, Pam, and uh, I can't tell you uh, how how honored truly we are to have you on the show today, especially uh, in the inclement weather that we were able to get you out of. Uh, in Chicago there, you know, uh, publicity, crisis management, investor relations, these are all terms, of course, we talk a lot about here on the advertising show. But just in case some of our audience may not be familiar with the fundamentals of public relations, how would you describe to a, uh, to a person the value of what you do and what your company does for clients?
6: Well, I think maybe the easiest way to think about it is to consider the sort of rising degree of skepticism that so many consumers have today uh, when people are promoting to them, when people are advertising to them. In our uh, side of the business, we're trying to talk with them, to engage them, to reach them through what we call earned media, and to talk to them sometimes one-on-one.
2: Yeah, I think that, you know, and uh, how often do you find a major company today that's uh, lacking in uh, in getting uh, outside services from a PR firm like yourself, I would imagine that you know most companies that are in business today, uh, certainly Fortune 500, the larger companies, all have some kind of in-house counsel that uh, helps them with with such matters. But uh, do they always reach outside their own walls for services such as your
7: own?
6: they almost always reach outside their house and and there's a reason for that Um, outside uh, as an agency we can give them a more objective view sometimes and other times we can have the ability to talk to a CEO and tell him what we really think whereas sometimes in-house it can be a little bit uncomfortable and finally I think some of the uh, programs today are so big so extensive that it requires lots of arms and legs to get them done
2: well, you know, and that's extremely well said, and I think a lot of people lose sight uh, of the fact that if you do have someone on payroll, not often do they uh, feel as comfortable in, in, you know, really letting the uh, C-level executives understand what they are doing or perhaps could do better uh, and it's always good i think to have outside
6: uh, i think it's true. we're a little scared to do it sometimes too and <laughs> yeah. i can't imagine what it would be like to look at your own ceo and say you're wrong
2: yeah I, I agree let's talk a little bit about technology it certainly had a dramatic effect on the media industry and consumer media habits as well i'm curious uh, rather than to talk in general let's let's talk some specifics here for a second if, if the uh you know, if it's true that PR relies more on the web, I mean, sorry, if the public, I should say, relies more on the web for news and information, I would think that this would be problematic for, for many PR firms that are accustomed to working through traditional media channels. Is it?
6: No. I think we look at it as a uh, major opportunity. And by the way, while I think that, uh, well, I know that most people, many people get a good deal of their information from the web, I think a couple of things you have to realize. Still, more people are turning to television, to newspapers, and maybe not quite to radio, but radio is uh, really just very close behind the Internet, so that's Mm -hmm. number one. Second, a lot of publications actually have uh, so much of their content on the web, so even when you're talking to regular media, you're able to reach people who are on uh, the web. Through
2: regular media. Well, you were quoted in The Economist as saying companies can try to serve up a tight, straightforward message uh, through the media by issuing one. Way press releases, but that it's a flawed concept, uh, and as flawed as the 15 or 30-second TV spot. Mm -hmm. Describe what you meant by this quote.
6: Okay. Well, one of the things uh, that we're seeing is that uh, the public in general is looking for more transparency, more candor, really, from people. I think we've come through an age uh, where we all feel a little bit let down by our institutions, by our leaders. Uh, There seems to have been a lot of Uh, misleading information, and just flat-out corruption out there. So Mm -hmm. I think what people are looking for is a sense that when you're telling me something, you're telling it to me straight. So when we're counseling people right now, we're telling any spokesperson for a company to let down their hair just a little bit. Don't try to have such a tightly packaged message. Don't be so rehearsed. Tell people uh, a direct response to a question. Don't be so scripted all the time.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's good advice. Do you find that uh, clients have a challenge in letting their hair down today?
6: Oh, absolutely they do. I think most companies are uh, pretty scared, uh, especially in today's climate. They look at the media as out to get them. Uh, they're uh, concerned about the regulations of, say, Sarbanes-Oxley. They're they're just afraid of uh, being candid. And yet what they find is whenever they try to be a little too clever to tell a story in, in such a tight way that there's no appearance of truth or even humanity, um, that instead of wiggling out of a tight situation or dealing with a difficult situation smoothly, they just dig a hole for themselves.
2: You know, we have a little less than a minute left. In the world of agency consolidation, Havas, uh, Omnicom, all the big holding companies, isn't it a bit of a challenge for an independent PR firm like Edelman in, in that type of environment?
6: You know, we've found that we have had some of our greatest growth in the years of consolidation. And one of the reasons, we think, is that we're able to work with almost any partner. We're comfortable with any agency, any promotion company, So I think that being that way has actually allowed us to work with more companies more smoothly.
1: Good answer. We've got uh, uh Pam Edelman or excuse me, Pam Talbot, Vice President and Chief Operating Officer of Edelman US uh division of Edelman Worldwide Pam out of Chicago this weekend, uh live uh, with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsythe here on the advertising show. Just ahead, uh Brad speaking engagements, you and I mm-hmm. both feel comfortable doing stuff like that and it's a good sure. uh, good thing to do as well, but uh lots of other folks don't. We're going to help to see that they uh, they get a little bit more comfortable with that here with Jeffrey Ginnemer in just a moment, a little bit later on this hour. Uh, Badvertising, bad uh, not the advertising showcase, but uh, the downside of advertising this week in the advertising show. It's uh, theadvertisingshow.com. It's a great website, very, very active, and it's made possible by our friends at shipple.com. That's schipu com. Check into a new product at Shipple. It's called Tendency with an I. Back in just a moment with more.
3: Quick takes on sales and customer relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen.
7: Now, here's Jeffrey. Hey, sales cowboy, come here. You want 50 new leads a week? Give a free speech at a civic group. So many salespeople are looking to emerge... They're frantically trying to market themselves from brochures or direct mail or some kind of cold calling or some kind of trolling for leads at a networking event. (laughs) Expensive frustration. The best way to market yourself is to give yourself to the market. Expose yourself to prospects. My advice is free speech, or to put it in a clearer way, speak for free. Free speech pays, big pay, and... Big speech has big rewards. Big rewards. Now, I didn't say sales pitch. I said speech. Interested? Well, all you have to do is just contact any civic organization in your city. Rotary, Kiwanis, come on. They're dying for a good talk. Every week they're looking for good speakers. And it sure beats cold calling. Oh, Jeffrey, I'm not very good at speaking. I'm afraid to speak. No, no. You're just unprepared. If you want to get prepared, just join Toastmasters and then give a 15-minute talk at a Rotary Club or a Qantas Club, and you're going to get leads. I'll give you an example. If you're a life insurance salesperson and you want to talk to people about life insurance, no one wants to talk to you. But if you go to a Qantas Club and say, hey, everyone's going to die, the only question is when. And when you do die, who do you want to get your money? Your family. Your family or the government. Give them five ways to get the money in their own family or keep the money in their own family and have them put the word money on the back of their business card and give it to you. That would be a lead. That would be a lead from a speech. You could probably get 10 leads a day. Speak for free. It pays.
0: Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is the Advertising Show.
4: This is the year of the Lark. The Lark is the car of the year. Look what's new for you from the Lark. It's here, it's here, it's
1: here, it's here. It's the new convertible. Seats five adults. This is a car that didn't hang around for too long. (laughs) A lark. Okay, yeah. I, and I do remember those cars, too, as well. Uh, it's Pam Talbot, our special guest out of Chicago this weekend, President and Chief Operating Officer, Edelman USA, a division of Edelman Worldwide. And, Pam, it is so great to have you on the advertising show. Welcome back.
6: Well, thank you. Uh,
1: uh,
2: Ray, didn't you used to smoke larks as well? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, there was a lark cigarette. You're absolutely there right. Was. Yeah. yeah,
2: they both went away. Yeah. Such a lark. At, at the uh, WOMA, World of uh, Word of Mouth Marketing Association, uh, Pam, last uh, year, the summit, you talked about citizen marketers in your presentation. First off, explain to our audience what a citizen marketer mm-hmm. is.
6: Okay, well, uh, we made up that term, actually, but I'll tell you what we mean by it. Um, one of the things that we've noticed over the last couple of years is that uh, consumers who care a lot about a product not only buy the product, but they talk about the product, and they not only talk about the product to their friends, but sometimes they go online, and they really drive a lot of conversation about that product. So we start to call them citizen marketers because you can almost pull them inside the marketing organization in some ways and help them help you market your product.
2: Hmm. So so how do you reach a citizen's marketer? Are we talking about uh, the blogosphere at, that, at this we point? We are.
6: Um, there, there are a variety of different ways of reaching people, and sometimes it is simply... Uh, giving them the information they need to talk about your product and to talk about it online. Other times it gets a little bit uh, more engaging. And um, Let me see. Let me give you an example. Um, when we were launching Xbox 360 this year, just as one example, we mm-hmm. wanted uh, uh, gamers to know about the product, to have a little bit of a good time with the product even before we launched it. So we created a game that they could play online where they could find little bits of information about the product and also where they could join into teams together, uh, a game that we called Colony, and uh, play a game online in teams. And as they played that game, we gave them little glimpses of the product. We got thousands of people playing the game, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands at a certain point, not only playing the game, but searching for clues about the product that was coming out. And as a result, we had all kinds of people talking about it, buzzing about it, looking forward to the product, and pulling their friends and into it as well. And mm-hmm.
1: without a reward as well. In other words, you just engaged them in the product, and now they're talking about it to it's, their friends.
6: That's absolutely right. The one reward they got was which would seem pretty small maybe to you and me, but was a big deal for them, is we alerted them to the exact moment Xbox was going to be launched wow. online. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they got to be part of the first webcast. They got the sneak preview of the webcast and felt a little bit more special as a result. And that's a big thing that we think you have to do for the consumer oh, right now. Plumbers, Make them feel yeah. special. Yeah.
2: Right. You found their hot button, and you uh, gave them a, a sneak preview on the release date, and I think that was probably of greater value than, what, a Q- or something, I suppose. Yeah, you
6: know, that's what people like to feel inside. They like to feel as if they're in the know. They get a little bit more information than their friends have. And I think with the Internet, information is almost uh, a bigger currency than dollar bills right now.
2: You know, Ray and I were visiting your website, edelman.com, and uh, we're both commenting on uh, how well. Uh, you guys do such a great job uh, in presenting your company online. I'd encourage one of our listeners, of course, to visit Edelman.com. It's huge, and and that was not a product placement on your website. <laughs> uh, you know, you guys—that hey, uh, was not good old... PR. Well, thank you, <laughs> and and I guess PR has a value and it has a reward, and we'll expect to check here soon. Uh, on your on your site, I noticed that uh, there's streaming video and various PR case studies that you guys present, as well as a podcast from uh, Edelman Leadership. Obviously, you not only talk the talk, but you walk the walk. What's the strategy behind Edelman using these uh, technology tools for its own website?
6: Okay. Well, uh, we believe that more and more people are getting their information in a different way, and we have to accommodate people. Um, today, everybody is just so busy that uh, they demand information when they want on it where they want it, so we have to make everything we do, whether it's for ourselves or for our clients, uh, easily accessible to uh, any kind of to any kind of consumer. So that's mm-hmm. the strategy behind it.
2: And by the way, whoever is going to voicemail right now on your phone, they'll be happy to know <laughs> that. Uh... We we got both of those clicks. Hey, uh, you know, let's go back to Richard Edelman's blog on on your site. What was the strategy behind this particular uh, effort? Is this a, a new business tool? Is this more of a communication channel on behalf of the company? What what is it?
6: Okay, I think. It is an effort, again, to show people that we stand behind what we say, and we believe that it's smart for a company to engage multiple office, uh, audiences in kind of a casual dialogue to tell people mm-hmm. what's on your mind, uh, what, uh, what you believe in, and to have ongoing outreach. So that's what Richard is doing in his blog. He's um, sort of talking from his heart.
2: Yeah, what's the numbers? Do you do you have, do you have metrics on uh, the engagement that he receives online through that? Uh,
6: we don't, but we know that he gets dozens and dozens of comments every time he posts a blog. So mm-hmm. uh, we believe that it's an effective tool for us.
2: Yeah, and again, if you want to communicate with uh, Edelman dot com, uh, real quickly, we have about a minute left here. Uh, Last year, Hurricanes Katrina-Rita, both disasters, of course, but great opportunities, I guess, for some companies. When can a corporate uh, humanitarian uh, humanitarian, uh, effort uh, be an opportunity without being seen as maybe being an opportunist?
6: Okay. I think it's an opportunity when people uh, approach it as something that they want to do versus something that looks good for them to do. If you really know that you belong there, if you've really got something to give, and if in the process you let your own employees tell the story versus the CEO, then you're not only doing good, but you're communicating about your heart. Thank in Just a minute the here. You have best, Pam, we're,
1: Pam, we're going to take a break here on the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth.
0: Back in a minute. make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth.
2: Oh, you need fluff, fluff,
7: fluff to make a fluffer nutter, marshmallow fluff, and lots of peanut butter. First you spread, spread, spread your bread with peanut butter and marshmallow fluff.
1: Boy, there's nothing like a fluffer nutter to get that energy back, huh, <laughs> Right before it puts you in a sugar coma. Exactly. <laughs> so we've got to Pam Talbot with us uh, next hour. Uh, next hour, she will be the president and owner of Edelman Worldwide.
2: Mm-hmm. I think she's dating Richard. Edelman. Oh, you should be careful what you say there. <laughs> now that's, that's an example of bad PR.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. That's yeah, called no. a rumor, and that's just a bad thing. Yeah, that's a bad no, we're, thing. Joking. Have we're you, joking. Absolutely. Have you heard about this? This is a, It's an online campaign for cell phone content provider. It's Oasis, O-A-S-Y-S, mobile. No. And what they're doing is they're offering ringtones. You've heard of pheromones, where they put the pheromones sure. in the cologne, and you attract mm-hmm. men and women, whatever you want. Right, and moose. So... The, and my me- and me- yeah, smises uh, that can make their user irresistible to the opposite sex. Well, basically, I want to try this one out here. I do have a pheromone uh, ringtone here. You and do? Ho- yeah. yeah. Oh, Hang on just Hold a minute, on. See. Hold
2: on. Let me tighten my belt. Well, where,
1: did, where did it go? It uh, didn't do it here. Let's, mm. let's try this again. Hold on. My number didn't work. Let's just turn it off and turn it on again. That's We're rebooting. no sexual innuendo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Why didn't it go on? Oh, come on! Wow. Okay. Was the name
2: of that uh, ringtone Helen Keller?
1: Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> okay, where is it? Okay, it's not going to work for me. Hmm. Great. Okay, never mind. It's fake.
6: <laughs> well, <yeah.
1: laughs> why doesn't my phone work? I
6: don't know. Probably no, because smelling.
1: we're inside this stupid building. That's why. That's it's probably not connected. Anyway. Well, it's- okay. Kind of musky in here. Ooh. Oh, here we go. Now, uh, yeah, let me try it now. This is the pheromone uh, ringtone or ferritone, I should say. Let's see what it says oh. here. Let's see. Here we go, and see, see what to uh, see what this does to you. Okay.
2: Oh well, I use that you use that? <laughs> mm-hmm. I had no idea.
1: <laughs> anyway, it's kind of funny. It's, it, was a, it was a fake ad to lure the consumers to a real product. Uh, campaign directs users to a site called p h e r o t o n e s P-H-E-R-O-T-O-N-E-S.com, in which the gag has extended to include user testimonials and videos showing the ringtones in action. Can you believe that? That's What a great idea. What was a,
2: that from the Wall Street Journal? Because I just downloaded it. No, uh, New York Times. Movie. Oh, okay. New York yeah. Times.
1: Yeah. So, there you, you know, go. if
2: if I were to say, my hump, my hump, my hump, my hump, my hump, you'd know what I mean, right, right?
1: That would be a traffic jam with camels. <laughs> well, almost. Yeah? Okay. It's actually
2: uh, from the Black Eyed Peas' re- recent uh, hit. Honda, by the way, has joined forces with the Black Eyed Peas to uh, for a promotion, I should say, that will be giving away a car that appears in the band uh, video for its latest hit, Pump It!, Uh, The tricked-out Honda Civic SI Hybrid uh, has been completely tricked out, as they say, and will be uh, uh, at all venues for the band uh, during its uh, tour coming up, and fans have an opportunity to sign up online as well as uh, a customized kiosk at the concert site for uh, uh, being able to sign up for the potential winning. The tour, of course, kicks off March 23rd, a great example, in my opinion, Ray, of a of an integrated brand entertainment effort, and it's a great idea, I think, from Honda.
1: I think it's a fantastic idea. Honda's doing a lot of good stuff, though, as well. Uh, we, we, You've seen the... Uh, it's it's a an award-winning video, actually, uh, from... Uh, for the Honda Diesel, uh, automakers attempting to sell... The uh, the tough sell of dirty diesel cars to skeptical hmm. American drivers, and and we saw the ad, but it wasn't brought up here. But it, it appears it's true. Uh, Garrison Keeler, host of the National Public Radio's A Prairie Home Companion, sure. Uh, the song is "Can Hate Be Good." Uh, it's like a real psychedelic thing, accompanied by animation of bunnies, flowers, and rainbows. It's really hmm. really a, a cool video, and uh, uh, Business Week uh, just pulled that up this week as being a really neat ad to check out. So check it out for the honda diesel it's no it's of different.
2: It, is it a spot or is it a video you see online or does it say
1: no it's a television spot it's oh, a television okay. spot and i and i have a funny feeling well i've never seen it on the air here i thought it would may have been in great britain or something like that which is mm-hmm. possible but uh well, but have you have you seen
2: the spot i have not seen the spot it's but, worth taking a uh, look at. Yeah, I will uh, I will Google it, as they say, uh, real quickly. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I have a funny feeling, too, but it ties back into that ringtone you did earlier. Thank you. The uh, A study from uh, Sharp Partners revealed that 89% of Internet users in America share content via email. The recently released study on viral marketing also said that 63% of the respondents share content at least once a week, and many... As, uh, as many as 75% uh, do the same thing with at least up to six recipients. So uh, pass along online. People are doing it.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, it's definitely there. Yeah. And marketers who are not taking advantage of things like this are missing the bet, so to speak. Oh, Advertising yeah. is on the way. Our next segment this hour and much more to come next hour as well. With Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on The Advertising Show.
0: You're listening to the advertising show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth.
3: Oh, he was really funny tonight, uh, wasn't funny it? <laughs> <laughs> coffee?
0: That's another funny
3: joke.
6: Oh, Mrs.
4: Olsen, awesome.
6: I just can't make good coffee. Julie,
0: good
4: coffee is no
0: problem with Folgers. Folgers is mountain grown. Do a spot
1: time. for Starbucks <laughs> with her. That'd be so funny to fall <laughs> on the word Starbucks. With Starbucks, there's no problem. I can just get a Starbucks. And you'll be fine. Pam Talbot is our special guest, and she'll be back with us uh, next hour on the advertising show as president and chief operating officer, Edelman U.S. And uh, a bunch more, too, as well. Joe Jaffe joins us next hour talking about wasted ad dollars. Well, there is never any wasted ad dollars. Well, maybe sometimes there are. Uh, <laughs> Andy Borowitz uh, cannot leave you well enough uh, alone. It's it's time to uh, not bash the president, the vice president, but it's certainly... Uh, still, uh, something that's being talked about by Andy, so we'll have that the uh, next hour. But still to come this hour, it is uh, advertising, and it's uh, kind of a look at the other side of what's going on.
0: And now it's time for the advertising item of the week.
1: So, unfortunately, what carries the advertising title this week?
2: Well, it's uh, we got to stay with the Olympics, since we're in the middle of the Olympics, okay. and uh, it's all about uh, a TV spot for the new Chevy Tahoe. And okay. if you haven't seen it, real quickly, I'll just uh, remind everyone, or if you haven't seen it, it'll, it'll help you s- understand. The spot opens with a, a really nice, spectacular overhead shot of uh, m- uh, snow-capped mountains and rivers and the can... Pans to reveal a uh, Chevy Tahoe at the top of the hill, and then uh, next you see a Chevy Tahoe sitting on a snowy mountain peak, and then it goes to a Tahoe on a cliff, Tahoe and a waterfall. All these spectacular uh, views that uh, you just sit back and go, "Wow, that is really cool." Uh, And then we uh, we transition to a series of short clips of uh, Tahoes driving across a variety of terrain: desert, snow, rock. Waterfalls, etc., and all. By the way, subtly, I must say that you have to really, you know, listen to it a few times, uh, and and pay close attention. But the horns of the Tahoes are honking to the Olympic theme song. Spot ends with an aerial wow. shot of a Tahoe perched up atop of a mountain, and the announcer says, "The all new, two thousand Chevy, uh, two thousand and seven Chevy Tahoe lets the." Let the games begin. Now, the spot I just described from Plum Productions, by the way, and agency Campbell Ewald, uh, in my opinion, is truly a a lame attempt to develop a brand message for the new Tahoe. Uh, Yet, its sole objective must have been to draw attention to its sponsorship and tie in with the Winter Olympics. No doubt, there's you know some beautiful landscape pictorial ray that's being shown here, but I think the uh, I think what's what's missing is you have a very expensive production that manages to be, at the same time, one of the most generic SUV spots I've seen lately. When you engage a viewer uh, with the spectacular panoramic views that you uh, see on the, in this particular spot, if you're like me, you find yourself asking, uh, wow, how did they get that uh, car up there on top of that hill mm-hmm. for that shot? You know, And you tend to engage with the how-to, and of course they did it all through, uh, creating the uh, live uh, action footage and, and seamlessly matching that with some scene footage. But mm-hmm. uh, at the conclusion of the spot, you, you basically have zero connection. With the Tahoe brand itself. It, again, it's beautifully executed and very well done. I think my biggest complaint about this spot is that it, it fails to, in dramatic fashion, to tie the brand Tahoe and the benefits of the particular Chevy Tahoe product to uh, their sponsorship tie in and, and most importantly to the consumer. So, Uh, Sorry, Chevrolet, uh, no gold medal for you this week, and uh, Mm. agency Campbell Ewald as well. A beautiful, expensively well-done spot that I think, when you see it, if you haven't, you'll agree that it's uh, a bit on the generic side. Hmm, very interesting. And not a cheap spot either, right? right? I don't think so, even though it wasn't done, you know, on... On location, uh, even without that, uh, uh, having to match up live footage with, uh, right, with right. and do all that, it's uh, it's not easy. No, and I can't imagine that it was cheap. It's a good example of doing a dramatic spot for the Olympics, and you could imagine you'd want to do a great effort there. But uh, I think uh, I think they missed an opportunity. There's a lot of great spots that are uh, on the Olympics this year. And what would be what,
1: what would be one of your favorites that are on the Olympics this this year?
2: You know, I saw one the other day that was uh, tying in uh, an Italian torchbearer running through the streets of Torino, uh, and it's for uh, Samsung uh, uh, cell phones, Uh uh, electronics. And In fact, I was thinking about featuring it uh, next week, but it's basically where this guy runs through the uh, streets of Torino. Ends up running into the stadium to go light the torch, and they have some real footage tied in with this. Yeah. And you're thinking, well, that was cool that they were able to do that, and people in the crowd start holding their phone up as they've called different friends to say, "Listen to the crowd, listen to what's going on," and trying to share the moment with people that uh, are not able to be there. And it shows a shot of the uh, of the uh, uh, of the crowd there, and you've got thousands of people holding up their uh, their cell phones, presumably a Samsung.
1: That does sound good. I think I've seen that spot as well.
2: Yeah, it's a pretty cool spot.
1: There are some good and I think stuff that going
2: the out. thing I like about it, Ray, is it ties in in a uh, relevant way to the Olympics as opposed to just, you know, seeing mm-hmm. uh, you and me laying on top of one another doing the two man bobsled. Like the guys from the Today Show. Today Show, yeah, I saw. That. See,
1: that was funny. I think the Today Show is yeah. doing a great job with that as well. I so. agree. I
2: thought that I thought uh, it was funny.
1: And I like it. Any, uh,
2: anytime you can get uh, Al Roker to lay on top of uh, Matt Lauer, <laughs> Matt I mean, Mark. just in any situation, that's going to be funny. Did you hear
1: how high Matt Lauer's voice was during the run, though? He was going, whoop, I did that,
2: whoop, whoop. and I noticed. That, I noticed that they were neither one of those guys were wearing the pens either. I noticed that. Too. Well, there wasn't any room.
1: That's <laughs> true. <laughs> that's funny. But, uh, yeah, the Olympics continue. No doubt we'll be watching it tomorrow morning as well on, on the Today Show because that's the best one around as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, it's Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Go to com and you're going to find a lot of good stuff there, including RSS and podcasts. And uh, industry information, you'll hear interviews from our past guests and uh, hear who's going to be on in the future as well, so go there. It's the Advertising Show, brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com. This is a Big Radio Midgets production.
0: Welcome to the Advertising Show. America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth.
1: And welcome back to our number two of the Advertising Show. It's being brought to you by Advertising H Magazine. Visit online at adage.com, the Advertising Show A big Radio Midgets production. And this hour we have for your listening enjoyment, Uh, let's see, the Jimmy Dorsey band. No, that's not right. (laughs) Joe Jaffe's a different perspective. Uh, Wasted ad dollars is what he's talking about a little bit later on this hour. It's Andy Borowitz as well. Uh, with Ray Shillens and Brad Forsyth, of course, we'll bring back Pam Talbot, who is president and chief operating officer of Edelman U.S., a division of Edelman Worldwide. She is the winner of uh, three Silver Anvil Awards, the highest honor in the public relations field, as well as several Golden Trumpet Awards for when she was in the band in junior high, and mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's what, that's from the publicity club of Chicago. Okay, so we'll have Pam back on here, out of uh, live from Chicago, in uh, just a moment. So, yeah, there we are. She also
2: graduated from Vassar
1: vassar yeah okay
2: but you gotta be pretty smart to go to vassar
1: yeah and have lots of money well that helps <laughs> it never hurts does it you know talk- you? go ahead no, no you go ahead okay okay uh, Walmart is in the news again they 're always in the news. This is an advertising mm-hmm. age article uh, it 's known for its lean corporate structure. Chow true. Walmart is undergoing an unprecedented expansion of its marketing departments that 's interesting uh, The cMO uh, John Fleming plans to expand its staff of two hundred by thirty percent and create three new departments. Uh, that would be sports. No, that's not right. Uh, brand management, category marketing group, and an insight and customer strategy group to answer a uh, growing competition from uh, his former employer, Target. Or Target. Yeah. So yeah. They're, they're growing that by 30% this year. I think it's really smart that they do something like that as well. But, know, go ahead.
2: I was just going to say, Pam, uh, Pam, our today's guest, Pam Talbert, the uh, president and CEO of uh, Edelman. U.S. Uh, was involved. Their companies w- has, has some involvement in Walmart, and uh, stick around. We'll ask her some questions about how they've helped or trying to help Walmart because they truly are struggling with some uh, image issues. I think.
1: Yeah, and there's something else, and I'll ask this question of her. There's apparently a wall site, uh, a website that is called uh, uh, Lee's Garage. Okay, the CEO of hmm. Lee Scott. So I want to mm-hmm. ask her about that when we get her back on the on the phone. What do you have hmm. there?
2: Well, I was just going to mention, I don't know if you heard about this. There's a, a, a website, uh, Rocket Boom. It's a popular video blog or vlog. Uh, it's basically a daily three-minute webcast done out of New York. It has 130,000 regular viewers and is hosted by a young lady, Amanda Congdon. Uh, they put up for bid on eBay a few weeks ago. Uh, the opportunity to advertise on the show. First time they've ever done this. Mm. Uh, First time they've ever even offered, I think, uh, an advertiser, and somebody won, and guess what they're paying? Mm. $40,000 for five 15-second mentions during the week of March 6th for an automated teller machine maker, TRM, who won the Rocket Boom eBay auction. And what's interesting about this, Ray, is that uh, not only, you know, did... did, uh, this company, TRM, whatever they are, uh, they want some kind of connection, obviously, with the Rocket Boom audience. But it also had a follow-on effect because Earthlink, uh, hoping to diversify its media mix uh, with spending more money through uh, alternative media, will be following on March 13th with a uh, series of ads as well for Rocket Rocket Boom. I visited RocketBoom.com just to see what this was all about, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know. <laughs> if i say something negative i'm going to sound like i'm jealous cuz they're getting 40 grand for 515s but you know right, go go right. visit it yourself i i I've, I've thought that uh if you can garner 130,000 viewers with the stuff that she's putting out then more power to you i suppose i suppose so there is a
1: winner there somewhere
2: yeah you right. you got to go visit it it's rather interesting
1: i will i will i won't do that at the moment here but uh yeah. unless we can rocket boom it's called rocketboom.com rocket we'll
2: do that and uh, maybe we can get a part of that 40,000 for mentioning it on the show a worldwide <laughs> audience if she gets a spike in her uh in her uh, traffic, then she can give us, what's our number, 15%. We're going to stay with
1: that. We're staying with the 15% number this weekend yeah. only. It's a special deal. That's true. Know, to, uh, for a limited time only, of course, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, what we want to do, uh, if we can get uh, Joe Jaffe uh, ready to rock here as well, uh, wasted ad dollars, never should have wasted ad dollars, speaking of that kind of stuff, and uh, we've got Joe Jaffe on the advertising show if right now. you
3: dare to risk seeing the world from a new point of view... Join us now for a different perspective featuring author and new marketing consultant Joseph Jaffe.
5: Half my advertising is wasted. The only problem is I don't know which half. Those were the immortal words uttered by retailing pioneer John Wanamaker more than a hundred years ago. It is downright laughable that the advertising industry still holds true those words. But yet, something very interesting has happened. We are witnessing a tipping point. A tipping point to the effect that John Wanamaker's words are not only wrong or incorrect, but in fact have been for decades upon decades. Not only can we determine what percentage of our budget is wasted, but it's turning out to be way more than half. The good news is that for the last few decades, even with that wastage, even more than 50%, We were still able to hit our goals. But now with all the clutter and all the fragmentation, all the choice, all the proliferation of media devices and choices and channels, that wastage is beginning to tip the scales. And what's happening is we're starting to miss our goals. And so therefore, it is absolutely imperative not just to sit back and accept that half our advertising is wasted and that we don't know which half, but to actually determine exactly what is wasted and then do our utmost to eradicate that wastage.
3: This has been A Different Perspective, featuring Joseph Jaffe, president of new marketing consulting practice Jaffe LLC and author of Life After the 30 Second Spot. To learn more, log on to getthejuice.com.
1: It's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth back on the Advertising Show, just about to join back in conversation with uh, Pam Talbot, uh, Edelman, and uh, Edelman uh, USA, Edelman US, a division of Edelman Worldwide out of Chicago. And, yeah, we visited that that Rocket Boom site. That's kind of cool, actually. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's different.
2: Have you seen any of the clips? Did you click on any of them?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just good stuff. Yeah. Yeah,
2: well, it's interesting. I mean, she's fully clothed. She's attractive. Uh, Mm -hmm. She has some content there she plays around with. And uh, I'm just trying to... I'm just trying to get into the uh, to the value of what is imparted in her, her what are they, two, one minute deals that they do there. Right, right. I'm, not, I'm not seeing it. But uh, anyway, I, I'm here to do a little mea culpa, I, I think, Ray. Tyra Banks, supermodel for 15 years, of course, Victoria's Secret, Sports Illustrated, you name it. Uh, also, uh, most recently on the reality show America's Next Top Model. Uh, I was one uh, many months ago that said. Why do we need another talk show, and why does Tyra Banks need to be the host? <laughs> but i got to tell you, uh, she's come a long way, apparently, according to their producers. Uh, Most-watched talk show by women, 18 to 39, and uh, I didn't see it early on, but she's found her legs, and I think she's doing a much better job, and I just wanted hmm. to... Uh, say that uh, some people from some industries can transition to a new uh, in this case a talk show and she's doing it, uh, apparently she's found an audience, so congratulations well,
1: yeah, congratulations to her, and I think the reason why is because you've always got to you know, consider replacing what you have uh, mm-hmm. status quo because that's not always going to be the way it is, So,
2: nothing worse than an old supermodel,
1: yeah, Phil Donahue <laughs> Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show back in just a minute
0: decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. Mm. I love the sound of the rain. Mm. And I love the taste of your fresh fruit coffee. Oh, thanks, but it's not fresh fruit. It's new tray cap
3: Like we said, nothing outlasts the Energizer. They keep going and going.
1: Doug, our producer, is uh, uh, powered by the Energizer today. Exactly. (laughs) Is that right? Yeah. It, It keeps him going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have the advertising show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. And our special guest out of Chicago is Pam Talbot, President and Chief Operating Officer of Edelman U.S., soon to be the worldwide uh, Chief Operating Officer and CEO, mm-hmm. I think. probably yeah. that, would be good. Well, that, that works okay with you, Pam?
6: Uh, that's good news for me. Very good. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, You'll you. learn about it thank tomorrow. for the promotion. We
1: now. got the memo. Well, okay. over the
6: loss oh. of a job, one of the two.
1: Well, <laughs> Richard
2: just <laughs> called us uh, <laughs> <laughs> online too. Richard Edelman just called us and he Wanted us to make that announcement here on the show. <laughs> yes, and so we we call that a scoop here on the show. And no, it's called April to
1: Fools, to, it's and it's an to
2: hear about it for me. It's an early April Fools uh-huh. gift for you. So uh, <laughs> consider. <it. laughs>
1: You know, Pam, we talked a little bit before about uh, Walmart uh, in the last in the last segment. We know uh-huh. you guys are involved a little bit in that, and uh, we also talked about um, Lee Scott is the CEO of Walmart. Uh, he has an internal website known as mm-hmm. Lee's Garage, Lee's Garage. Yeah. Uh, to openly answer employee questions. Although it's his responses can <laughs> sometimes be biting, as one would mm-hmm. expect uh, at Walmart, we communicate very candidly with one another, uh, and uh, th- that's a good thing. So, what is Walmart doing doing right in terms of their brand?
6: Well, you know, let me tell you, we have a lot of people working on Walmart, and they're probably better suited to tell the story of Walmart than I am. But I can tell you a little bit about what I do think they're doing right because of some research that we've done in general. Um, Over the last couple of months, we've taken a look at trust and what people believe in and what they don't believe in. And one of the things that we found out that was, I think, pretty interesting and kind of surprising to us in some ways, was that uh, most people don't believe a CEO. What they do believe are employees in the company, and employees tend to believe their colleagues. So whenever you can make sure that your message, what you're talking about, is in line with what your employees are thinking, and when you can have candid conversations with your employees and let them talk back to you and have a chance to express their own views, you're on the way to uh, developing more trust and more understanding. So, well, I think there are some contentious things going on for Walmart right now. I think the fact that Lee is talking to people and is talking in his own voice and talking honestly and letting employees talk back to him, I think that's a really smart thing to do.
1: Very good.
2: Yeah, and staying with the Walmart uh, idea, and just uh, reflecting real quickly on what you just said, I think w- the example that comes to mind is Lee Iacocca's uh, turnaround of Chrysler and taking uh-huh. a spokesman role for that company. It's a, it's a great example of many years ago of how a CEO can do just that, become more candid and more upfront with uh With consumers, and I think it's a a great example of how to turn around a company in a more honest fashion. And he did it through a paid uh, commercial channel in the case of of the ads. You know, staying with the, as I said, with the uh, Walmart example, I understand Walmart's founder, Sam Walton, believed that PR was a Total waste of time and mm-hmm. money. I'm curious, what did it take for the company to change his mind other than the fact that he died?
6: <laughs> I think what happened is they woke up one day and realized that the way people outside the company were viewing them was completely out of line with the way they saw themselves and mm-hmm. realized that to bring those two together, to close that gap, they needed to to do a better job of talking. And second, I think they realized that they needed to have somebody. Remember we talked about at the beginning how sometimes it's easier for an outside Company to speak the truth inside a company. Mm -hmm. I think this is another good example of needing somebody outside to come in and express more candid points of view. Hmm.
2: Well, I'm curious did did, uh, Robert Greenwald's movie, Walmart, the high cost of low price, affect Walmart's brand or corporate image in doing your research recently? Did you sense that?
6: You know, I, as I say, I am not working on the specific account, so I can't tell you whether or not that specific movie had an impact. Normally, what we find is is it isn't a single event that changes a company's image. Instead, it's ongoing uh, events that it's more of a drip, drip erosion that can happen to a company. Every once in a while, you do have uh, a terrible event, and I think Enron is a great example of that, where mm-hmm. you, there's no escaping a single event. But more often, people tend to give a company the benefit of the doubt, and it's only over time that they change their opinions.
2: You know, you mentioned uh, Enron, and we're going to talk about investor relations next segment. So if you're interested in that, stick around. Certain Google has uh, been in the news uh, mm-hmm. a lot lately. Uh, and yes, they have. I, certainly there's some uh, conversation about investor relations as it relates to that particular company. But in the few minutes that we have left in this segment, let's talk a little bit about the role of PR in branding a company's products or services. Is it possible today, do you think, Pam, for a company to build a brand solely using PR?
6: I think possible, but I think that the best way to build a brand today is to blend all the different disciplines together. Advertising, you know, I I would be the first to say advertising has a huge role in building a brand, in uh, connecting with customers over and over and over again, so a message gets out. But I think it's the combination of the credibility of public relations, the direct outreach, and advertising, and promotion, of course, that really builds a brand for today. You know, I, Mm. I think a great example of that Is some of the work that we've done on Dove, the campaign for real beauty, that we did very closely with Ogilvy and the brand team that uh, I believe has uh, established the brand in a way that it never had been before in so many years of marketing. It has a new resonance with consumers, a new meaning to so many consumers, and I think it's a combination of the two that really made that happen.
2: Yeah, I and mean, when you talk about the Dove campaign, of course the people like me campaign. That's I'm right. curious. I'm curious how, uh, what role did you guys play in in the creative development there? I mean, it's definitely a, a real people type uh, approach.
6: It is. In fact, I think it's one of the best examples of um, of marketing to people. Uh, with absolute truth, with candor, and also using that people like me that we 're seeing has uh, much more meaning and much more impact with people now than uh, than celebrities. So um, our role was really part of the uh, part of a total team. Uh, certainly, advertising was at the table. The brand team was at the table, and it was the brand manager that said that she believed that uh, consumers wanted something different and wanted a campaign that talked about real beauty. Our role in it was to say, if we're going to talk about real beauty, let's ground it in truth. Let's make sure you're right. Let's do it with real people. Let's reach out to people in different ways. And so we started off by doing a study, a worldwide study, asking women what they thought about beauty, how they saw themselves, how they saw others. And it was that study that really grounded the, the campaign uh, and made it much deeper, I think, than if it had just been done through advertising. Yeah. You know, we found of- out, because I, mm-hmm. I heard you talk about uh, uh, Tyra Banks just a minute ago, mm-hmm. only 2% of women around the world think, that, think of themselves as beautiful. Isn't that amazing? Only 2%. Well, that's,
2: that's Ray's wife and my wife, I guess. <laughs> okay. you got to count. That was it's the right a, thing to say, Brad. That was <laughs> the right <laughs> thing to say. It's interesting that you say that, Pam, because on the one hand, as a man, you would think most women buy things to look Prettier and therefore aspire to uh, higher levels, such as the images of models and, and and pretty people you see on TV. But yet, your Dove campaign suggests that there's certainly a connection and some uh, resonance to seeing real people product uh, produce or, or, I should say, uh, uh, promote a, pr- a beauty product, mm-hmm. and uh, the consumer can today's consumer at least. Uh, Uh, female wise can connect to that Uh, and and, and
6: they want to be beautiful it's not that they don't want to be beautiful but they want to be beautiful in a real way not in an unattainable way
2: yeah and that's you know Ray and I always strive for unattainable but it has nothing to do with beauty (laughs) it's in another genre Yes. (laughs)
1: Yes. <laughs> Ray, what do we have? About a half minute left? About here? a half minute, exactly.
2: Well, in, in 30 seconds or left, uh, less, uh, what, what's the biggest mistake you see uh, companies making today with regard to PR?
6: I think most companies are trying to continue to connect with consumers in old-fashioned ways. I think they're only using television. I think they're only using print media. I don't think they're pulling consumers into the center of their campaigns the way they need to. So that's what I think is wrong. Uh, many companies are afraid to have a real dialogue with consumers, but they got to get over that fear if they're going to be successful.
2: She lines up well with Patrick Meyer the, earlier the last hour, I guess, aren't Exactly. Right.
1: exactly. Yeah. No, it, it, some good advice here. And the good news is, is we've got uh, Pam with us for another segment uh, this hour. Pam Talbot is president and chief operating officer of uh, Edelman U.S., a division of Edelman Worldwide out of Chicago. And uh, we're going to take a break here, and we'll be back in just a minute with more on The Advertising Show. Check out uh, com. Great place to actually hear this particular interview here as we get it uh, uh, uploaded to the website and available for podcast and RSS. And it's just where things are at today, and that's where you're going to find it at theadvertisingshow.com. So, back in just a minute with more with Ray Shullins and Brad uh, Brad Forsyth.
0: make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. To the beach, huh? Right. Got
5: Aztec suntan lotion? No, I've got this stuff. Oh,
1: not that. Aztec suntan lotion is especially formulated to let you get the tan you want with the protection you need. Uh huh. Want to know how I know about Aztec suntan lotion? No. I'm the Aztec sun god. This is my stuff. So naturally, I have a great bronze god body. Nice talking to you. Let me take off my Aztec sun god shoes and socks here. Don't do that on the bronze. All of my pants, legs. People are
0: looking here. See this
1: shin? It's not only golden tan and handsome, but uh. it's been protected and kept moist by Aztec suntan lotion. Driver, let me off yeah. You want to look like this shin? Use the Aztec
3: suntan lotion, right for you, and do the Aztec suntan dance. What? There's a dance you should do when it's sunny.
1: You can't. Certainly not representative of anybody you would ride with on the bus, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> it could be interesting it's Or light spot. rail. Yes, it is. Dick Orkin and a classic spot with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth, and our special guest is uh, is Pam Talbot, president and chief operating officer of Edelman U.S. Back for one more segment. Pam, thanks so much for joining us from Chicago. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Welcome back to the show,
2: Pam. Uh, Investor relations, as promised. Let's get into a little bit of that. What, What is the role of investor relations for business today?
6: Uh, companies use investor relations to talk to uh, key audiences, uh, investors obviously in this case, to explain to them how the company is doing, to give them insight uh, into what they expect to happen next and to why the company is succeeding or the difficulties the company is having. But essentially it's to uh, help give people reasons to invest in the company to buy their stock.
2: I would think that uh, one of the greatest challenges for investor relations is to communicate one's long-term investment strategies for your clients and and uh, governance initiatives uh, without, uh, I guess, giving away too much to competitors. How do you strike a balance in that?
6: Well, today there are so many rules about what you can say and can say when you're having these conversations. Almost all companies have to play it right now very, very close to the vest. Uh, you want to give people a sense now that the management of your company is right, that you got the right people in the right places. And without telling people about what products or what specific strategies you have, you want to give people a sense of the vision of the company and that you've got uh, the, the cash and the vision to uh, to achieve a long-lasting future. So I think it's more directional thinking that people are trying to share.
2: You know, the February 20th issue of uh, Time Magazine, a front cover uh, in-depth uh, story about Google headline, Can We Trust Google With Our Secrets? Should we assume that uh, a, a major story uh, and, and all of this uh, ink provided on behalf of uh, Time Magazine is a orchestrated effort on behalf of someone within either the Google organization or a company that they hired to I guess uh, offset a bit of the uh, concern about Google, and they they took a dive with their uh, recent China. stock. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, we've got China, we've got the recent uh, earnings and mm-hmm. stock uh, questions. We have issues with regard to trust, as is noted on the uh, cover issue of uh, t- of Time. Here, mm-hmm. should we assume that this is just pure reporting, or could this actually have been orchestrated?
6: It's almost always a combination. I think when a company is in trouble, as Google has been, they uh, need to set about uh, telling a different story, uh, changing the agenda, explaining what they're doing, helping people understand another side of the story, or helping people look beyond the specific condition they're in right now to another time and a better time uh, coming down the road. At the same time, the media has to be interested. So in this case, I think Google is such a powerful company right now, somewhat like Walmart, that almost any move uh, that that company makes, almost um, almost any little trip or slip uh, is followed by an inordinate amount of media attention. So mm-hmm. I'm going to assume that Time was looking for the story and Google was well prepared to tell it.
2: Yeah, I guess they can be selective about uh, the level of cooperation, and in this case they gave uh, great Great uh, audience to time, and they're journalists, so uh, they got uh, they got. I guess they had a mutual benefit going That's
6: there.
2: That's right. Yeah, uh, I'm curious. The investor relations is it a communications effort or a finance function? What, what do you feel?
6: I think it's a communications function.
2: Yeah, yeah. And so, therefore, the lines of re- of reporting need to come out of the communications and not the finance department.
6: Well, it, it's mixed. Most companies have it report up to the CFO. But it's not advertising.
2: Mm-hmm. So do you, do you have a measurement for success in investor relations? How, how, do, how do you
6: gauge that? Well, most companies look at the success in investor relations by looking at their stock price. And if their mm-hmm. stock price is moving and if the portfolio is held by the uh, kinds of companies and institutions that they'd like holding it, then investor relations is successful.
2: Yeah, uh, let's let's move, shift gears here for a second. Uh, I think our audience uh, would be very interested in getting a little peek inside the new business strategy of a PR firm. <laughs> you, you, you are involved. You're involved in uh-huh. that effort. Uh, and explain to our audience how a public relations company like Edelman. Uh, reaches out for new business, how you how you touch with new client opportunities, and just basically how you go about
1: this. And, and here's the catch, Pam. It's under 60 seconds. You can do uh, okay, least, okay. it. Okay, okay. It's a great point well, to end on.
6: Okay. Well, there are a couple of different things that we do. I mean, one is at, at, at our size, we have um, so many clients that really we're, uh, we have to work around conflict issues. So we look at our uh, portfolio of clients, and we identify areas where we'd like to have a client or we need to have a client, and then we reach out directly. To them. Second, we look at themes that are emerging around the world or around the country and uh, try to decide which companies we might be able to help because of those emerging themes, whether it's a lack of trust uh, or whether it's a new consumer segment that's coming up. So we try to identify areas of great opportunity.
2: You know, I tried to trick Pam on several occasions, and <laughs> she's so good at this. I was kind of hoping for an insider view of all that, but she did
6: well. an insider view. Well,
2: she well, probably does this have, for I a living.
1: That. You know, it's yeah, PR, probably. folks. There we go. Yeah. Pam, thank you, you so it. much for being on the show okay. today. It's Edelman, E-D-E-L-M-A-N.com. And the U.S. President, CEO Pam Edelman out of Chicago, thanks much for being here today. More of the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth is next.
0: You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth.
6: Schaefer is the one beer to have when you're having more than one. Schaefer pleasure doesn't fade
7: even when you're thirsty.
1: That is a great uh, 50s, I guess 50s, maybe even 40s, you know, probably 50s and 60s talent, Lena Horne, uh, for Schaefer beer. And this time of the show is what we actually break out, the Schaefer beer. <laughs> no, we don't. That's not a good thing.
2: No, we go with import.
1: That's true. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, we're in Houston. Schaefer's in Detroit. That's imported. It's fine. Yeah. Not a problem. Hey, congratulations. That, does
2: that beer still exist? By the way, right. I
1: don't think I've seen Schaefer beer now. But yeah. if you want us to run down to the Seven Eleven, we could do that. I suppose. It'd be
2: right next to the Rhinegold. <laughs> exactly.
1: Rhe- <laughs> now Rhinegold's still around, I think. Isn't they do. It? Yeah, no, I thought I it was. Know. Yeah. It'd be nice if it was actually uh, here in Houston. No product placement. Go to Specs; they'll have whatever is available. <laughs> what a great place that is! And it smells like a, uh, the old time uh, uh, deli, you know, where you got. It's because the, the... they're
2: drinking in the back.
1: <laughs> Probably so. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of celebrating and uh, drinking, here we need to celebrate uh, this past week on Valentine's Day of all things. Mm-hmm. Uh, executive producer Bruce Abbott and his wife Shelley uh, oh. had a little baby boy this past wow. week. And yeah. uh, his name is Shane Kenny Abbott. So we say congratulations to the Abbott's, and uh, it's such a cute little baby, too. It's really cute.
2: Was, was it on Valentine's Day? It was it on happened? Valentine's
1: Day, exactly. Yeah. At eight 836, I think it was, or 8 something, 826 in the morning on Valentine's
2: and, Day. And, and you couldn't work the the name Val into the into the Val? no I don't think so <laughs> uh, whatever
1: they kept the name a secret up until the time the baby was born baby didn't yeah. even know what name it had uh, and, uh, <laughs> no, but uh, congratulations to Bruce and Shelley oh uh, yeah, well, good a healthy little baby boy yeah
2: we well that will be a new father's day for for Bruce next year
1: well, we have uh, I was just looking at the the, the, the web here a world War two can of Schaefer beer on the mm-hmm. web how much' Forty-one bucks. I <laughs>
2: must not make it anymore.
1: Man, that would that's taste? flat. Oh boy! I if
2: you you would assume you would need a uh, yeah, what right. we used to call church key to open
1: one of those. A church key? Oh yeah, yeah. that's yeah. right. I forgot about uh, that. We yeah. have we have cans of Billy beer in our pantry. I'm afraid you know to that, open them. Actually, I, I saw something
2: on that. I was watching that silly PBS program, Antiques, whatever
1: Roadshow. Antiques Roadshow, yes.
2: Yeah, and somebody had a Billy beer on there, and they and they said, "Well, this is worth about sixty cents." You know, it wasn't worth much. Oh, maybe apparently have. there was a lot out at that time, and everybody bought it and saved it. Oh, uh, okay. Be well, good. I'm glad we've got
1: that.
2: I mean, how often can you buy a beer from a producer that died of cirrhosis of the liver? <laughs> I mean, that's a, that. Then in and itself should get you more than sixty cents a can. I would think.
1: You would think so. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So mm. what What else do you have there?
2: Well, I saw this. I thought this was interesting, Ray. Right? Automakers will dramatically increase, according to B2B uh, magazine. They'll be increasing their spending online uh, in the next two years, according to a study released uh, this past Thursday uh, from eMarketer. The study predicts that automakers will boost their online ad spending to $2.1 billion in 07, up from one point four. Billion in 05 automotive advertising online will also continue to do double-digit increases throughout uh, seven the study said. And one major interest for automakers, Ray, uh, is that behavioral targeting uh, is going to be the uh, one area that's going to be the most sought after for automotive uh, marketers. So if you don't yeah. know what behavioral targeting is, folks, and you're even thinking about doing online marketing, you need to... Mm-hmm. Google that word, I suppose. Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly.
2: Yeah. Oh, you no, don't know what Google that word means?
1: You need to uh,
2: quit listening to
1: the advertising move, show. Move, move the rock out of the way and climb out. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Say hi,
2: to, uh, say hi to say hi to our friend uh, that used to be the president of Iraq when you're in there.
1: <laughs> Spider hole himself, <laughs>
2: yeah, you exactly. Got it. Yeah. Well, he, he acts thing. up too much in court. He needs to calm down.
1: You think he will? No, I move don't think him,
2: so. Move him to decaffeinated, I would think.
1: <laughs> really? Hey, talking about uh, cars and such, uh, Ford is tying its Fusion, which is a really cool car, uh, to mm-hmm. a Hispanic marketing craze. Uh, what it is, it's called Herban, H-U-R-B-A-N. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's Hispanic urban music uh, to kick off the uh, second phase of its launch for the new Ford Fusion sedan, aimed at 18 to 34-year-olds. Uh, CarMaker is the exclusive 2006 auto sponsor of uh, ABC uh, Network's and uh, Español's New to Our On Fuego program, hosted by Daddy Yankee. Daddy Yankee, you've got his stuff, don't you? Actually, he's sitting next to me right now. Is he really? He's the hottest, hey, Daddy star, Yankee. <laughs> hottest <clears throat> star of. Re- what is this? A reggaeton? Reggaeton? Who knows? Boy, mm. are we getting old. A kind of Latin hip hop. So that we, we have that there. On the way, Andy Borowitz still hanging on to that Dick Cheney thing. I just don't know what's going on with that, but we'll find out in just a minute. And a whole bunch more. We'll tell you what's coming up next week on The Advertising Show, too. So stay with us. Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth.
0: Decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is the Advertising
7: Show. Look sharp, feel sharp, be sharp, and
4: listen, Mister. How are you fixed for blades? Do you have
1: How are you fixed for blades? You better check. <laughs> I love that. Not that. a lot of thought into that jingle. How are you fixed for blades? You better check. <laughs> <laughs> as he's ad-libbing the jingle. So, uh, Classic Spot in the Advertising Show, Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, and thanks again to our uh, very special guest, uh, Pam Talbot, President and uh, CEO of, of U.S. Edelman. Uh, edelman.com is our website. And uh, go, go check that out. It's kind of cool, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, Teddy Hall coming up n- with us next week. Uh, Teddy, who is the Chief Strategy Officer of the Advertising Research Foundation. Well, they think research is a good thing, and so do we.
2: Think of a guy named Teddy. He's probably. had a Guinness or two,
1: I would guess. Teddy Hall, Teddy Hall, just in time Teddy for St. Patrick's Day, right?
2: Yeah, Teddy, would you like
1: another pint? <laughs> Do we know that Teddy has an accent or no? We don't know that yet. Okay, we're, we're hoping. That, <laughs> we're, hoping that, we're hoping that Teddy does. Okay,
2: uh, if okay. not, I'm sure he could fake one.
1: <laughs> Here's a guy with a nice uh, New York accent, uh, Andy Borowitz, on the advertising show.
3: Hi. This is Andy Borowitz for The Advertising Show. And now, here's this week's feature from The Borowitz Report.
1: With Vice President Dick Cheney's accidental shooting of a fellow bird hunter last Saturday threatening to become a full-blown crisis, President George W. Bush this past week attempted to diffuse the controversy by proposing a new education program for hunters called No Quails Left Behind. Speaking at the White House, President Bush said that Mr. Cheney had done the nation a big favor by demonstrating that a massive overhaul of the nation's educational system for hunters was long overdue. We've been sitting idly by while other nations, such as China and Japan, have outpaced us in hunter education, Mr. Bush said. If it took Dick Cheney to shoot a guy in the face to serve as a wake-up call, we all owe him a debt of thanks. The vice president himself appeared ready to start repairing the PR damage caused by his hunting mishap, telling reporters that after obtaining five deferments during the Vietnam War, he was finally ready to take up military service for his country. I have a gun and I've demonstrated that I'm not afraid to use it, Mr. Cheney said. The president of Iran should watch what he does, but he doesn't want to be peppered with pellets. Asked about Mr. Cheney's implied threat, the Iranian president said he was unworried, adding that... If Cheney tried to shoot me, he'd probably wind up hitting the president of Iraq. Elsewhere, actors Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes have never been
3: more in love and are definitely not splitting up, according to the couple's official spokesperson, James Fry. This is Andy Borowitz, and this has been a special edition of the Borowitz Report from the advertising show. To read more reports or to receive daily email alerts, log on to borowitzreport.com. This is Andy Borowitz saying keep it fake baby
1: and the good news is i guess that it's all getting better the man the poor guy had a heart attack earlier this week he's like mm-hmm. oh man dick what did you do and uh uh so things, things are getting better there
2: i'm surprised cheney didn't have a heart attack he's the guy that's you know,
1: that's he's, true he's well he's had a few hasn't he already so that, yep. That, yep obviously when you shoot your best friend who's 78 years old that's probably stressful too yes mm-hmm. okay yeah. And uh, I guess uh, we'll we'll see how that plays out. Hopefully, the you guy's going to be okay, though.
2: We talk a lot about relevancy and personal appearances and personal endorsements. I'm I'm seeing uh, this uh, gentleman in uh, Texas that got sprayed with the with the uh, buckshot mm-hmm. as being a spokesperson for like a personal injury attorney law firm <laughs> would be have a good relevance. I think. Uh, what are some of those coming? Kind of, you know the ones, uh, Hyatt. Uh, uh, Were you talking about the Texas Hammer? Well, those, but I mean, there's national ones and so forth. But yeah. anyway, I th- I wonder if he could he would go for that. He's 79 years old. What else has he got to do? Well, obviously he likes to hunt. <laughs> Maybe That's not true. anymore, though. <laughs> no quails left behind. That's it was, exactly it was right. Was hilarious. That's good. Yeah.
1: Well, Andy's always good, and they had Andy back on CNN's. American Morning, I think it was Wednesday or really? one of these days, just to just to get his take on the thing. So they, they haven't lost... A, and, and there's another question. Whatever happened to Soledad O'Brien? They have this new lady, and they say that Soledad's not there. They don't say where really? she is or why she's not there. But there's mm-hmm. this other lady who kind of looks like Soledad, but she has a... A South African type uh, accent, or something, or British accent, or something.
2: I, I'm not tuned in over there in a long while. I had no idea that Soledad, the Irish young lady O'Brien,
1: mm-hmm.
2: was uh, was no longer there. Well,
1: she I, don't that no, I don't know. She's Bill Hammer. I don't know that she's the, no way yeah, she, line. May, uh, may, she's maybe, no longer yeah. there, but she just hasn't been there, and they're not. Maybe saying, she's
2: with Bill Hammer, over at Fox,
1: or wherever he is. Yeah, they're at the Olympics. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Sachi hey, and Sachi, go ahead.
2: Go ahead. No, no. I was just what, real quickly. I wanted to mention that there's a, a flaming hoax going on out there. Flaming hoax. What do I mean by that? The mm-hmm. Olympic torch, uh, so-called Olympic torch destructive virus. Apparently, it's a, a hoax. Oh, really? But you need to look into it. Yeah. And then there's a real one coming out that has to do with uh, Mac operating systems. Uh, I guess you need to look into that because I don't have time to get into it. But uh,
1: okay. Yeah. Flaming
2: hoax. Whatever. flaming hoax?
1: Google it. <laughs> we like to do that, don't we? Really? The verb. It's uh, thanks to Tam, uh, Pam Talbot today. And uh, Taddy Hall, he'll be bringing a pint of the old green with him next week <laughs> when he comes on the advertising show. Chief Strategy Officer, Advertising Research Foundation. Have you given your pledge to the Advertising Research Foundation, Brad? Yet?
2: Well, actually, I'm going to wait till next week to do that, Monthly depending on, on how that beer. goes with Teddy because I hear there's a beer tie-in.
1: Okay. Go to theadvertisingshow.com to find out more. The Advertising Show brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit online at adage.com with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. This is a Big Radio Midgets production.